I was out for a run the other day at one of my favorite spots to pray out in the woods. And I found myself under like a nonstop barrage from some type of swarming bug flying all around me. And I kept trying to outrun it, but I couldn't. I kept swatting away, running. Anyway, it became so bad that, you know, I could barely, I was trying to pray. I could barely pray, and I was just about to turn back and head back to the to the car. Uh, incidentally, nothing was actually biting me or stinging me yet at that point. Um, and I, I thought, as I was swatting and running, how th- this felt like a metaphor for what I had been facing um, lately. <laughs> Lots of swarming distractions in life. Nothing truly debilitating, but just distracting and frustrating to the point of discouragement. I think this is often Satan's tactic to just swarm lots of stuff around us. If he can't get us to like fall, then it just swarms, things just swarm around us, taking our focus off of what we want to be focused on, on God and good things. So uh, before I was about to give up, I, I prayed and I asked God to, to make it stop, make the bugs go away. And just about that moment, I, I came upon this big fallen tree that had fallen across the trail that I was running on. So I, I hopped up on this big tree and I stood up there, up high, and I remained very, very still. And within just a few moments, my airborne attackers desisted and disappeared, <laughs> retreating to their unknown hideouts in the forest. So I just remained there, very still, and just praying for about 10 minutes or so. I couldn't outrun these little buggers, but when I was still, they fled. Was it my stillness that made them flee? Was it my higher perch? Was it my prayer? Did God just answer my prayer? I don't know. (laughs) All of the above. (laughs) But in those few quiet moments that I found up on that big old log, As I prayed, I found strength in God. And even more than that, I found joy in God. Welcome back to the Such Things podcast. Hey, if you don't mind real quick, take a minute and share this podcast with, with others. Share with someone else or through social media or subscribe, like, whatever you can do. On most platforms that people listen on, there is a way to write a review. So if you can, it would help us out. It'll help get this message to more people. If we can get more folks to write reviews and uh, hopefully a positive review and, and share. Share with other people. We've been talking this summer about living your best life. We kind of wrapped up that series a few weeks ago. 
And then we took off from the podcast for a few weeks because we were out living our best life <laughs> this summer. Um, we took the family out to Wyoming and uh, we had an incredible opportunity to spend a weekend with some great disciples in Cheyenne, Wyoming. We had a retreat with them. Lisa and I got to speak for them and just had an incredible time. And then we took the kids out to the Grand Tetons and Yellowstone, two national parks. It was phenomenal. So beautiful. So just, we've never been there before. I just mind-blowing what God has done in his creation out there and had such a great time with the family. Um, so we're, we're trying to live our best life this summer. We got back. It was a long trip, a tiring trip, but a really good one. And so I'm glad to uh, be able to get back with you today and share this podcast. We're, we've got another big trip next week. We're heading down to Orlando for big, uh, the World Discipleship Summit. And um, But I, I wanted to just pop back in this week to share this with you. I want to talk with you today about something that I think is really going to encourage you. And I got some scriptures to share with you and just some cool thoughts. Let's talk today about finding strength in God's joy. There's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 23 where David found himself, King David found himself in need of strength. He was on the run from Saul. You talk about swarming. He was being swarmed, you know, attackers constantly. He was constantly on the run and it was a tough time. And his friend Jonathan comes to him. And it says in 1 Samuel 23, verse 16, and Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Jonathan helped David find strength in God. And David needed it. He was in need of strength. It was a tough and traumatic period in his life. Man, we need Jonathans like that, friends like that, don't we? I I pray that you can find a Jonathan or be a Jonathan like that. You know, someone who does that for you, who helps you find strength in God. You know, the past two years have sapped us of strength, have they not? COVID and all just the unrest in our world, the turmoil. We've suffered societal trauma, like like PTSD as a society. Um, John Eldridge has been talking about this a lot lately. I I, I follow a lot of his his podcasts, his writing, and he's talked quite a bit about this. And just the idea that PTSD, um, you know, something happens when you've endured trauma. After an extended period, particularly of trauma, you, like we've all been through, you find that your reserves are depleted. You find that your stamina is not what it was before. You, you think, okay, I'm okay. I'm rested up. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. We're taking the masks off. Let's get back into life. You feel like you're ready. The tank is topped off. Rested and ready to re-enter life full speed ahead 2022 summertime. But then the tank seems to run out too quickly. 
the needle hits empty faster than it used to. It's like your, your miles per gallon aren't what they were before. The well isn't as deep. I don't think I'm the only one. Lisa and I have been talking about this uh, for several months now, this feeling of running out faster. I think a lot of people are feeling it. I don't know if we've all quite identified it. And I'm sure there's different things that contribute for all of us. But I think we've all felt it, a, a number of us at least. You, you kind of gird yourself up to go and, and give of yourself again, to re-engage. You want to move forward, but you're quickly spent emotionally, mentally, spiritually, because your reserves aren't what they used, aren't what they used to be. Your, your fuse is shorter. You find yourself more easily exasperated by the people around you. I know I'm not the only one there. See, we need strength. We need reserves of strength. We got to deepen the well again. But we need to find that strength in God. Jonathan helped David find strength in God. It's easy to want to just escape. But escapism won't cut it. A summer vacation won't do it. We need more. We need to help one another find strength in God. But let's get even more specific. We need to find strength. I want to talk about finding strength in God's joy. Let me read a verse to you from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, a time when God's people were in need of strength. And right now, I'm in need of a sip of coffee. If you've got your coffee handy, let's... uh. Ah, that's some good reheated coffee from this morning. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. God's people, they, were, they had been rebuilding, rebuilding the wall, rebuilding the city of God after it had been destroyed. They were in need of strength. And it, it, it says in verse 10, Nehemiah said, he told the people, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Hey, that'll help you find strength. <laughs> and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you go back and read the context, the people were, were weeping over their, their repentance. They were trying to return to God with renewed faith. And they've been trying to rebuild his city. But they were, they, they, were, they were weeping. They were grieving. They needed to repent and come back. And I think Nehemiah's words to them here are so important. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Why did he say that to them? Well, I think because it's true. And I think it's something that sometimes we, we fail to realize that, yes, we need strength in the Lord, but often you know what you need? The joy of the Lord is to be your strength. There's strength in joy, specifically in God's joy. And our enemy knows this. He wants to overwhelm us, swarm us with things that steal kill and destroy your joy. 
my joy. Because a joyful Christian is a faith-filled Christian. A joyful Christian is an effective witness for God's kingdom. A joyful Christian is a steady, consistent Christian. Guys, I'm not talking about being happy. Joy is not happiness per se. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is not. I believe that, that God, our God, is joyful. And we can therefore find strength in his joy. John Eldridge, again, he's been talking about this, that, that if you want to find where God is working or leading in your life, you're like, man, where, where's God working in my life? Where's God leading in my life? Eldridge says, often you can pick up the trail with joy. Look for where God is trying to bring joy into your heart. Start there. Where's God's joy found in my life right now? Where is God trying to bring me joy? Where is God's joy shining through the clouds like the sun after one of these summer showers we've been getting a lot of here at the beach lately? Where's God breaking through? Where's there some joy? See, we're on a treasure hunt of sorts. We're searchers in search of the joy of the Lord that brings us strength. Like Ponce de Leon, searching for the fountain of youth. So may I offer you a few tips on where to begin looking? Let's consider here, where is God's joy to be found? Where can we find it and tap into it for our strengthening? Where can we pick up the trail? I submit to you first, beauty. Beauty. Be aware of where there's just beauty in your life. That may sound cliche, but stay with me. We see God's joy so vividly through the beauty of nature. It's, it's, I'm, I'm looking out my window here, looking at my crepe myrtle trees. I was just out there trimming them a little bit. I'm looking at my, at the green grass. I mean, God's joy is practically screaming at us each day through nature, through beauty. But I think, are we deaf to it? Are we blind to it? The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 12, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Sometimes when I see these summer storms rolling through and the trees are just swaying back and forth, looking like they should be breaking, but I think they're clapping their hands. We need to behold beauty regularly and often. To behold it, to be present to it, to stop, to notice, to listen. And and one of the most obvious places is, is to learn to see God's joy in the astounding beauty 
of his creation. So I read this quote recently. Someone posted this. They said, someone, a wise person, I don't know, some yogi type person, you should sit in nature for 20 minutes a day. Unless you're busy, then you should sit for an hour. (laughs) That was a good one. Uh, I loved that. Guys, um, learn to take in beauty. Learn to, to look for it, to consume it. And of course, the beauty of nature is that's an easy place to begin. But there's so much beauty. Beauty in music. Beauty in food well prepared. Beauty in, in singing with the church, singing a beautiful hymn. There, there's, there's, there's beauty. And God is a God of beauty. Like, like we cannot, I, I, I think it's very difficult to argue it. God is a God of beauty. Like, he, he made music. He made nature. He made color. Why? I think it's like there's, there's a, his joy shines through there. Listen to this, Psalm 95, verse 1. Come, let us sing for joy. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let's come before him with thanksgiving. Extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, 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 if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. I read that scripture every day that my family was up there in Wyoming and the Grand Tetons and Yellowstone. And I read it to my family, and we prayed through it as a family on one of the many, many hours that we spent driving around in our rental minivan. (laughs) And, And I shared this with the kids. Guys, today, if only we would hear his voice, let's not harden our hearts. Because I believe God was speaking to me and to my family that whole week. As we got up and walked out of our our cabin and we looked down the road and we saw 20 miles away these massive rock formations shooting up out of the valley floor a mile up into the sky. And as we saw bison roaming the valleys in Yellowstone and geysers shooting boiling water into the air and a waterfall tumbling a thousand feet down into the canyon, Yellowstone, the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. God was speaking through beauty. God's joy, God's triumphant joy was coming through. Dallas Willard has this to say about God's joy and about beauty and nature in his book, The Divine Conspiracy. Listen to this. He says, we should, to begin with, think that God leads a very interesting life (laughs) and that he's full of joy. You ever think about that? That God has a very interesting life. Undoubtedly, he is the most joyous being in the universe. 
While I was teaching in South Africa some time ago, a young man took me out to see the beaches near his home in Port Elizabeth. I was totally unprepared for the experience. I had seen beaches, or so I thought. But when we came over the rise, where the sea and the land opened up to us, I stood in stunned silence and then slowly walked toward the waves. Words cannot capture the view that confronted me. I saw space and light and texture and color and power that seemed hardly of this earth. That's how I felt in Wyoming. Gradually there kept into, crept into my mind the realization that God sees this all the time. He sees it, experiences it, knows it from every possible point of view. This and billions of other scenes like and unlike it in this and billions of other worlds. Great tidal waves of joy must constantly wash through his being. Again, quoting from Dallas Willard, isn't that awesome? I've just been watching the World Surf League. They just had a big tournament in South Africa, watching these waves come in to Jeffreys Bay, Jay Bay. And I imagine what Dallas Willard saw there and what he's describing. And he thought about the joy that God beholds scenes like this all the time. God walks through those valleys in Yellowstone. God hikes to those peaks in the Grand Tetons. He takes it in. I wonder where he took his walk this morning. I don't know. Maybe it was a whole another galaxy. God is a God filled. He must be filled with so much joy. I thought if it brought me and my family so much joy just that, that week, two weeks ago, what about God? <laughs> C.S. Lewis has this to say about beauty from his essay, The Weight of Glory. He says, he's talking about, how there's a funny thing about, about beauty and humanity and beauty and being made in the image of God and how we kind of crave beauty. In fact, I'm actually convinced that so for, for speaking, you know, for young men who struggle with impurity, and, and so much lust, and, and, and specifically, you know, as, as a man here, um, I think a lot of it comes down to a craving for beauty and connection. And we're famished for that. Anyway, C.S. Lewis says this in The Weight of Glory. He says, We do not want merely to see beauty, though God knows even that is bounty enough. We want something else which can hardly be put into words to be united with the beauty we see, to pass into it, to receive it into ourselves, to bathe in it, to become part of it. All right, I'm sorry to go hippie on you, but I, am I the only one that feels that way from time to time? I'll be out in nature, and sometimes a scene will hit me that's so beautiful, like I just want to pass into it. I've got to hike up into that mountain. I've got to be out in those woods. I need to just jump into that wave. Like, I want to be in it. And if you, if I'm going, if, if I'm losing you, then, then listen, if you're married, you know what I mean. This is what sexual union in marriage, the beauty of it is pa literally passing. And I'm not trying to be crass, but we pass into each other. 
That's what the beauty of marriage is. This craving for a beauty that we can be a part of, pass into, take into ourself, and pass into it ourself. God's joy. We can find strength in God's joy, and I think one way to pick up the trail is through beauty. Through beauty. So look for it. Look for it. My wife, you know, she she went to Lisa went to college in New York City at NYU. So she she always talks about she would find these uh, some of the buildings that she used to live in. She would go up to the roof, and and oftentimes these buildings, she said, you could go and find a spot where you could get up and sit on the roof, and she would look over the city and look up at the stars, and even in all that concrete jungle, she could take in beauty. And there's even a beauty, an urban beauty, the stars over the city, Central Park. She would find these cafes, there are these little treasured cafes she would find in Manhattan, and a few of them would have like a little secret garden with a little fountain and a few trees and flowers, and maybe in an alleyway. And you can find it. Go find it. Go find it. Well, I, I got to say one more thing not just beauty of nature, but also people. Sometimes you, you can, oftentimes, you find God's joy, you find strength in God's joy through people because God's joy is in his children. Hear me out on this. God's joy is in his children. Like he takes joy in his children. We know that scripture tells us that God delights in his children. Psalm 149 verse 4 says, for the Lord takes delight in his people. The apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2, he said, what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Is it not you, Thessalonians? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. This is the story of the Bible, God seeking after his lost children that he delights in so very much because they're his joy. I take joy in my children. My, my joy is in my children. I've been trying to be more present to this. These moments of joy seen in my children to, to capture them. We were, we were at the pool um, recently and and I'm sitting at the table there with my wife. My kids are out playing and Lisa and I are talking. It was an evening, summer evening. And we look over and there's our, our son just standing by the pool playing with his sister or brother. And there's Isaac and he's just, just dancing crazily by the pool. And he catches our gaze and just looks at us and just laughs and keeps dancing. I've been trying to be present to those little moments of joy. My kids all busting out laughing at the dinner table. We find God's joy and strength in people. We need to find people in church that bring us joy. Relationships in the church are meant to be a delight, not a burden. So find some relationships that, are, that bring you joy, some people where you, that you find God's joy, and you will be strengthened there. Don't let Satan isolate you. I've been feeling that, you know, I struggle with that being independent. And we've been traveling a lot this summer, as I already mentioned to you guys. And so, so this week, I appreciate Lisa. We, we had this, you know, a, a window between two trips. And so Lisa was like, we need to spend time with people. We got to, you know, one, to minister to people, but also for our own good. And so Sunday night, 
we went over to our dear friends, the Jensen's, went to their house and had dinner with them and sat out on the back porch and ate some hamburgers that great Jake threw on the grill and the kids were playing. And, oh, it was just good. Good conversation with good friends. And then Monday night, um, last night, we went to dinner with our good friends, the Dunmoody's, and just ate some delicious food. Again, good food, good friends, good conversation. Then this morning, she invited uh, the Areolas over, some great friends of ours, and we just got to have breakfast with them and have a cup of coffee and catch up. And I felt, I felt strengthened. I felt joy. And I had been feeling a little, a little disconnected, you know, traveling and a little isolated, a little funky. I needed some strength. I found it with the Jensen's, with the Dunmoody's, with the Areolas, because we, we help each other find strength in God, like Jonathan with David. That's what we do. I got to continue the story that I began this podcast with. I was out there in the woods going for a run, trying to get away from those bugs. And I, I found myself standing there up high on top of that fallen tree, that big log. As I stood there, I reflected on my grumpiness and frustration from the night before with my family dealing with COVID. Early in the summer, we all got hit with COVID. It was a rough few weeks. Back to my, my journal here. As I stood on that tree, I closed my eyes and listened to the woods. I opened my eyes again to the beauty of a peaceful early summer morn. I remembered a verse, just a line vaguely from King David about God's delight in him. And I sensed, I saw God's delight over me. That I heard in my heart God gently saying to me, Delight in them. Delight in them as I delight in you. And I knew that he meant my family, my kids on summer break, and my wife. But also, I knew he meant God's family, his family. I'm to delight in God's people. God doesn't view me as a frustration, but as his delight. And so must I delight in my children and in all of God's children. Spiritually sated, I hopped off the felled tree that had served as my temple for those few quiet minutes. Then I began making my way back down the trail to the parking lot. The bugs immediately began to swarm. That was from my, my quiet time journal that day. I want to urge you to tap into God's joy. Find strength there. Joy is fuel for faith. And faith is always what we need because your faith, the Bible says, is of greater worth than gold. And so the devil's a, a gold robber. He wants to steal that gold, that faith. So tap into God's joy and watch your faith take flight. Find strength there. Maybe you've grown discouraged lately. Well, let me leave you with the words of Psalm 77 in verse 16. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. 
The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. That's how it felt as I looked out over uh, the, these volcanic activity in Yellowstone and Tetons that these the, the earth had been the crust of the earth had been thrust up. And under Yellowstone, it continues to churn, and these geysers and hot springs continue to churn. The earth trembled and quaked. Psalm 77, verse 19, your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. You know, sometimes his footprints can't be seen. Sometimes you feel like you don't see his beauty. But he is always there. And his joy, please hear me, your Father in heaven, his joy is always available to strengthen you. Go find it. Go find it. the Lord today, for He is all my hope and stay. Our God is good, His name is great, hallelujah.